What's up, everybody? Welcome back to In My Non-Expert Opinion. I'm kind of freaking out because I'm about to do a solo episode and I have not done a solo episode since July of 2022. And now that I think about it, I actually did that episode in June and it just aired in July. So it's been a good six months since I have sat down and recorded solo. I started mapping it out. and I'm like, why does this feel so foreign right now? Like, what is going on? And I'm like, oh, because I've been doing interviews the last six months and I, I, I've been out of the game. I'm getting a little bit of stage fright. So we're here. We're back with a solo. The rest of the year is going to be solos. I have had so much knowledge, so many learning lessons, like just so much has come to me in the last six months. And I really want to process it through podcasting. So one thing that I asked you all on Instagram was, what do you want to hear about? Because you guys know I could talk about a million different things. I love podcasting. I love travel. I love to open up about behind the scenes of business. Like there's so many ways we could take this. And the number one vote was to do organization and productivity tips for chaotic creatives. And I was like, okay, hell yeah. So what is a chaotic creative? To me, this is someone who's in mad scientist mode all the time. Like you have minimum 12 tabs open, you have post-its everywhere, you have a bunch of different notebooks, digital sticky notes, notes on your phone, all these different ideas that honestly sometimes don't even have to do with your business. I mean, raise your hand if you're just walking along a sidewalk sometimes and you're like, my God, that would be a really good software or like that tech. I think someone could really use that tech. I don't know. That's how I think. And so then I write things down just in case all of a sudden I want to pivot to become a tech startup founder that I have it there. And I, I find that to be pretty chaotic to organize, right? Because all these things live in different areas. So yeah, like Taylor Swift said, it's me. Hi, I'm the problem. It's me. I'm an Aquarius sun, which is actually an air sign, not water. I always find that fascinating. And I live in my head all day long. Like there was a period the other night where I'm like, I wonder if this will ever stop. Like, I wonder if these thought trains and the way my brain works will ever just like chill and be like, girl, we don't need to do anything right now. We can just like hang out here. We don't need to be future thinking and philosophizing. Don't even know if that's a word doing all these things all the time. I actually wanted to start a podcast called head in the clouds. It was going to be about travel and my thoughts. And I mean, who knows, maybe I will start it. And yeah, so I just always have so many ideas that it's always been hard for me to stay organized and be productive. On top of that, because of my Aquarian nature, I am pretty rebellious in terms of like how I live my life and I live it very unconventionally. And so it feels chaotic all the time. You know, living in different cultures, different places, different apartments, different food, like switching all that all the time has honestly taught me to thrive on chaos and make me extremely resourceful and adaptable. So now imagine me flying by the seat of my pants all the time, starting a business in 2020. I mean, people should have had tickets to a live show and paid to watch that because it was so entertaining. I was nannying at the time. I was living off of my, what they call in Australia surplus, which is like your 401k. They let us cash it out there early. By the way, I worked at a gelato shop. So my 401k was like a thousand dollars. So I was living off of that, my tax refund, and then the stimulus check from America. And on the side, I was cleaning houses for money for like a hundred Australian dollars. So I was using all that money and spending it into learning about business courses, memberships, you know, anything I could get my hands on around like digital marketing and and business. I didn't really need as much help as I thought. It was more like truly the business and productivity strategies. Like, okay, if you're the person that's running social media and you're serving your clients and you're marketing and you're doing finances and you're doing admin, like how do you stay organized? And that is one thing during that time in Australia that I did not figure out. It took me years, I'm talking years, and by the way, I still am learning this, to figure out how to organize and work more productively. Now, I did work in corporate America at a corporate job in Chicago for almost six years. So I do want to give myself some credit that I had an idea of you know organization and efficiency before that. I wasn't starting from a complete blank page, but it is just so much different when you're taking on 19 different roles when you start your own business. So as of today, I've pretty much been in business for two and a half years. 
And here are basically the top 10 things that I drilled it down to that could help you with organization and productivity. If you are a fly by the seat of your pants, chaotic, maybe ADHD, or at least have ADHD tendencies person like me, and you don't like the words schedule and you don't like to hear the words you should, and you don't like to, you know, use other people's templates because you're like, this doesn't work for me. This might be the episode for you because that's who I am. Okay. So number one, you have to understand your energy before anything else. And I know you guys were waiting for like a software tip or hack and you're like, what the fuck? I learned this the hard way 10 times over. I do not work best at 8 a.m. So why on God's green planet would I start working at 8 a.m. or schedule any type of morning meetings or try to make any important decisions at 8 a.m.? I get out of bed really slowly. Like I'm not one of these people that pops out of bed and like runs to the kitchen, makes breakfast, and we're like off to the races. I'm more of a sloth where I'm like, okay, let me get out of bed. I want to read a little bit. I'm on a journal. I'm just want to think about the day. Let me think about life. It was actually a really big struggle living at home because my family got up so early and they would be so chipper in the morning with like the Alexa on and the news and like cooking. And remember that episode of Bad Girls Club where I think that girl, I'm, I'm blanking on her name, comes in with banging pots and pans in the girl's room. She's like, wake the fuck up, wake the fuck up. <laughs> That's how it felt living at home sometimes. And so I would get so stressed out. And by that time, like my dad had already been working for two hours. My sister was off to her job. My mom was like getting ready to leave the house. And I'm like, I'm literally still in my pajamas and have no plans to work for like three more hours. And I used to feel really guilty about that, but I just realized I do not work best in the morning. So I learned how to understand my energy. A tip on how to understand your energy is start tracking it in a journal or a phone. So literally right in the morning, how do you feel? Do you feel anxious, calm, stressed, energized, exhausted? Like just write down a few quick words. And then I would also keep track of when do you feel spurts of energy, especially, you know, when you have those moments where you're like, damn, like that was a really good piece of writing I just wrote. Or like, I just had a bunch of energy and I knocked out my to-do list. Try to figure out what time of the day that was and even like the time of month so you can start to look at it big picture and then you'll start to see, okay, wow, there is a trend here. You know, I write best at three and I do my most creative work around four, so I I probably shouldn't be waking up at 5 a.m. to try to do this. Now, if you're someone who menstruates and you have your cycle, use your cycle. This was paramount for me. Like I honestly cannot stress this enough. I could do like a whole podcast series about this, but learning when my energy was depleted and when it was spiking was so game changing for me. And I started to set my schedule up like that. And I'll, I'll talk about that in a second. I noticed a pattern that there's one day every month, obviously it's when I'm PMSing where I'm low energy, but this specific one day I am irrational. And I don't like playing into the stereotypes of like, oh my God, crazy bitch on her period. But I'm telling you this day is like, I have anxiety spirals. I have mental breakdowns. I'm like, am I ever going to find the love of my life? Am I cut out for this business? Like, should I really be doing this? Like all this grief starts resurfacing. It is an insane day. And my mom always knows because I always call her on that day. And she started asking me like, are you on your period? And I used to get really offended because I'm like, no, not yet. And then I would look and I'm like, oh, wait, yeah, I like I actually do start it today or tomorrow. And so I just learned why would I schedule any meetings or client work on that day? That is not my best energy. I have a lot of self-doubt on that day. I don't feel confident. So why would I serve my clients on a day where I feel like shit? So learning my cycle started to allow me to zoom out and be like, okay, you work best during these times doing these types of tasks. Let's make a schedule accordingly. So that's what I did. I tracked my cycle. I use an app. There's a million. There's like Flow. There's MyFlow. There's Stardust. You can just manually track it. And so I can see like what stage of my period I'm in. And then of course, being a podcaster, I listen to a million podcasts about cycle syncing and like understanding your cycle. So I could learn about these different phases. There are phases where you feel a little more vibrant and flirty and outgoing. There's some where you feel a little more analytical and logical. There's some where you feel like you just want to retreat. There's a book by Kate Northrup called Do Less. 
that was so game changing for me because it showed me that you really don't have to be working 24 seven full throttle all the time to have a successful business and actually understanding your cycle will help you. That's why I made this number one, because I'm like, you can't really be productive and organize yourself if you don't even understand your own energy. And when we try to work against our own bodily rhythms, that's when we get burnt out. To give you a story about that, when I worked in corporate America, obviously corporate America does not give a flying fuck about when you have your period or not. And so when I would be really stressed out working on a client project, also PMSing around my period and dealing with all the other shit that life throws at us, I started developing really bad skin rashes. And I've talked about this on a few episodes, but these rashes were insane. I would go to doctors and they're like, maybe it's the laundry. Maybe you just ate something weird. I'm like, well, why is it happening every month? And I don't think it's the laundry. Like at this point, I'm buying organic natural laundry detergent that I don't even know is washing my fucking clothes. So what is it? And then I remember at 24, 20 freaking four years old, I had shingles. Now, (laughs) if you don't know what that is, just go Google it. It's basically a disease that's considered like elderly people get it. And I had it because I had so much stress in my life. And that shows how much I was working against my body. I was also doing like hit classes, eating like shit, going out every weekend until four in the morning back to back. I mean, I'm surprised I'm alive, to be honest. Sometimes I need a scan of my internal organs like before and after corporate America because there is quite a big difference and definitely before and after college. But yeah, I just wanted to share that because it showed when I was trying to plug into the hustle, grind, work like a fucking robot 24-7 concept, I constantly broke down. And then I would always have to take PTO and take my days off. So I was like, well, this sucks too. Like I'm working hard and I'm not even really getting rewarded. And so the whole idea that like working hard, we all know it's a myth. It's like, no, we need to work with our energy. So that's why number one is understanding your energy before anything else, track your cycle. And if you don't have a cycle, just track your energy, right? There might be days of the week that you work best too. I find Mondays, I don't take calls because I'm like, I'm just getting off the weekend. I use that day to kind of regroup, plan ahead, do high level stuff. And then like Tuesdays through Thursdays, I have a lot more energy. So that's when I do my coaching calls. I don't do calls Friday because that's when I wrap up and that's when I start to do more creative work and then plan for the next week. So I had to learn that over time, by the way, everyone. This wasn't like, woo, week one in business, figured this out. This is like a year and a half into my business. I think I finally get the days that I work best and the times I work best and I need to set my schedule accordingly. I will talk about scheduling in a second, but I think energy is really important. Now, speaking of learning how you work with your energy, also learning how you work, like your motivation style. I think if you don't understand this, it's really hard to ever get organized and productive because again, you're working against the way that your body and your mind works. Raise your hand if you've been in a course and they're like, oh my gosh, all you have to do is this. You just eat the frog or whatever that phrase is early in the morning. And then once you're done with that, you just batch your whole day and you set time blocks and da, 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 da. That absolutely works for some people. And some days I do that. But for me, I realize accountability is a very intrinsic motivational factor for me, which is why Focusmate changed my life. And if you don't know what Focusmate is, go back a few episodes where I interviewed the CEO and founder. It's basically an accountability software. And if you're someone who has ADHD tendencies or a neurodivergent, it is really hard for you to complete tasks because you need novelty and urgency to get things done. So then when I learned that, I'm like, oh my God, it was like a That's So Raven moment where my college life flashed before my eyes. And I'm like, no wonder every night before a test, I would just pull an all-nighter and ace it and then just never study again until again, there was an all-nighter and do the whole thing over again because I need that urgency. Also accountability, when you're on focus mate, you are with someone working in front of you, you both are co-working, you state what you're working on, and then you mute out, and then you work on it, and then you return back and report on your progress. That created some pressure for me, again, the urgency to get things done. So once I learned that, I was like, okay, this is how I work, right? Like I just need to book focus mates. And I've tried other things too. I've tried co-working with friends like, hey, let's just jump on a call at two and co-work, different energy. There's no timer or chit-chatting. I don't really care if she finishes her work or not. She doesn't really care if I finish my work or not. Where focus me, again, you should go listen to the episode because there's all the science behind it. You really do feel 
compelled to get your work done because you don't want to report back to the stranger that you were just like dicking around. So for me, I learned accountability is how I am productive. I have to be with someone on a call. Even right now, I'm going through a big rebrand and I'm telling all the people I'm evaluating, this is how I work. Because if not, it's going to be a project that I hate and I'm probably going to like sabotage it. So I'm like, I need you either to be on the call with me when we're doing the mood board or if we're doing a writing session, like I actually need you there while I'm writing so I can soundboard with you and have ideas and like have you edit in real time. Again, this took a while for me to figure out. I didn't really figure this out until the last six months. But now that I know this about me, it's easier for me to bring on people and evaluate. And if I bring on anyone new to my team, I'm going to tell them that as well. I remember my VA one time was like, Chelsea, I sent you a Loom video for the new software we implemented. It's literally 10 minutes. I just need you to watch it so you understand how to use it. That email sat in my inbox for months. Like you would have thought it was a notice from the IRS that I was going to get arrested. Like I would not open it. And I was like, because it just felt like such a huge undertaking. I'm like, holy shit. Like, oh my God, I have to learn a whole new software and she's going to show me all these different things. And it's going to be so hard. And then guess what fixed it? Booked a focus mate for 25 minutes, watched the video. It was the simplest thing in the world. And then I finally got back to her and I was like, I'm so sorry. That was actually really easy. I just needed the accountability to get things done. And so now that she knows that about me, we work like that together too. If we have a launch coming up, she already knows the deal. Like we need to get on a call and be co-working together on the tasks that are needed to get this launch off the ground. If she's just like, hey, here's 20 things I need you to do on your own by next week, I will never do it. So I think it's really important that you understand this about yourself so that when you bring on team members or hire out contractors or anything, you can explain this to them. Now, if you're not like me and you're like, this doesn't motivate me at all, I would encourage you to just Google like a motivational quiz and what you're motivated by. Maybe you're motivated by money or praise or losing money or deadlines. There's so many different things. So figure that out and try to build that into how you set up your days and weeks and even the people that you work with. Another sub bullet here is your environment. I don't know if it's because I'm a reflector and environment is like paramount to me now, but think about where you work best. So if you are someone that needs to be in a co-working space surrounded by people, then you need to make that part of your day and your week. Like I'm actually going to value the co-working spaces and invest in a membership or I'm going to go to a cafe every day and start my work. Or maybe you're someone that's like, absolutely not. I need a desk. Okay. Make your desk beautiful, set it up and work there at the same times every day. Maybe not the same times. Cause I don't do that all the time either. But what I'm f- saying is like, once you figure out your environment and the circumstances that you need to be in to get productive work done, you can just start to recreate it every single day. I love cafes. And now that's a really big thing for me is that I'm like, Chelsea, if you feel stuck, you probably need to go to a cafe and blow and behold, every time I do it, I'm like on the, I almost said typewriter on the keyboard and I start getting things done. And it just shows me it's because of the group element and the accountability and the pretty environment. And that's how I work. So once you learn how you work, you'll be able to easily create these things for yourself. The third one is batching. I remember Lauren from the Skinny Confidential talking about this years ago. And I was like, lucky for her, like, because she was talking about how like on Wednesday, she just does conference calls on Fridays, she does her photo shoots, like Mondays are planning days. And I was listening to it when I was in corporate America. And I was like, I don't have the luxury of just like making Wednesday my only meeting day. And Friday is a, you know, content day. Obviously, I was not an influencer, but I was trying to like recreate it in my own corporate business and I couldn't. And so I really dismissed that idea because I was like, we're not in the same field. Fast forward when I started my own business and I started realizing I'm getting burnt out all the time. Like how? I don't even feel like I'm working that hard. It's because of how much context switching I was doing. Context switching is just a fancy word for multitasking. And I used to think multitasking was a flex, especially in my sales job where we had to do so many different things. I could be like, oh my God, in the last hour, I've sent a pitch, created a proposal, sent five emails, sent a contract, like, look at me go. When in reality, I realized you actually could batch in your corporate time and be like, okay, morning is emails. Afternoon is pitches. Late afternoon is sending contracts. 
but I didn't know that knowledge at the time and I didn't implement it. And it wasn't until later, again, when I started my own business and I started batching, I'm like, oh, now I get it. And the reason for this is pretty simple. Your brain is focusing on one thing at a time. So if you can focus on one thing at a time and knock it out, you will be way more productive than if you're trying to do seven things in 30 minutes and get none of them done and then go through that whole spiral of like, oh my God, I didn't get it done. Now I'm a failure. I'm bad at business. I suck. I don't know what I'm doing. Let me try again tomorrow. The seven same things. Oh, here we go again. And then those seven things move down the to-do list for like five months. That was me. That still sometimes is me. But it's just important that you understand that batching is not wasting time. Because I used to think that. I don't know why. Like I used to be like, I can't just batch, you know, my emails. Like what am I going to do the rest of the day then if I'm not doing emails? Like just sit around. Like it was just a weird, honestly, like mind fuck that I had that I could not figure out how to batch. Now for podcasting, I know podcasting sounds like you just be like, oh, batch podcasts. But I've realized, and I've talked to a lot of my private clients about this, there are four main different areas of podcasting. You have the planning phase, like mapping out what you're going to say, the actual recording, the editing, and then the marketing and promotion, you know, creating graphics or videos. So to me, those four different areas, you should figure out how to batch them all at either different weeks or different times. So An example of what not to do, which is how I ran my podcast for like years, would be doing that whole process end to end each week and starting from the blank page every single week, like mapping out the episode Monday, recording it Monday night, editing it Tuesday and Wednesday, you know, hoping that edits are fine Wednesday, making graphics on Thursday and like posting it by Friday. That's literally how I operated pretty much until I hired someone to help me for four years. I operated like that. And you can understand why I burned out and why a lot of podcasters burn out is because if you're starting that process from beginning to end each time, you're asking your brain to do a lot of mental work that it probably doesn't need to do. So if you think of it as literally like juggling balls, right? Juggling one ball, throwing it up and down in the air for an hour is pretty fucking easy. And now you're like, okay, two, yeah, I could do that. But now all of a sudden, like seven, it's like, no, you're not a a circus performer, but we're acting like circus performers every single time we start projects. So in order to get out of the circus performer energy, you can batch and start to break these tasks down into sections and then just follow those sections one at a time. So for my private clients, this is literally what I tell them. I'm like, let's break down all these things. Let's pull up your schedule. I actually have them if they have a menstrual cycle as well write out their menstrual cycle on a calendar. And then we look at like, okay, so that week you're probably going to have low energy. It would not make sense to record that week, right? Let's do it on the week where you have more energy. Okay. So batch all your interviews there. And literally we will update their calendar link to match their availability. Like they're only now doing recordings on that week that they have the most energy. And then the week after that, when they're feeling more analytical and logical, that's the perfect time to edit and market. So that's the week that they're going to start doing all their editing and and marketing. And I know sometimes this sounds like, wait, wouldn't you get behind on your podcast? No, this is how you want to start, right? You want to batch and get ahead before you even launch so that by the time your episodes are airing, you're already moving to like phase two of what your podcast is about. So you already have all these things done. That's why in the beginning of the month, I like to batch episodes or recordings because then throughout the whole month, I already know that piece is done and then I'm just following a system for the rest of the month of marketing and editing. Batching will help you so, so much. You can do this in your regular life too. Like batch when you do your groceries, batch your meal prep, batch your cleaning days. Like there's so many ways when you start to see how this works, how efficient it makes you. Because again, you're not task switching 24 seven. Okay. Number four, I was so against as well. And now I'm obsessed with it is color coding your calendar. If you're a visual person, you honestly probably already do this. And if not, I think this would really help you. I remember my VA told me, why don't you color code things just so you have it on your calendar and you can see what's easier. And I'm like, because if it's on my calendar, it's important. Like I don't need to color code it. You know what I mean? If it's, if it's on the calendar, it's happening. And then I remember there was just a very clear period in my business where I got really busy between podcast interviews and coaching. 
And so I had all these things on my calendar, which was blue, by the way. So there was just all this blue shit on my calendar all the time, which wasn't a problem at first because I was like, okay, again, it just means I'm busy. But what I realized was when I did podcast interviews, again, going to the parts of my brain that are working, that's a different part than when I'm coaching. So I'm more storytelling. I'm more creative. Like right now, the way I'm speaking is not what I would do for a coaching session. Like a coaching session, I actually have to prep. I pull their notion up. We review. Like it's a whole different ballgame. So I realized if I went from coaching to podcast, back to coaching to podcast, like that was a mess. And it was just causing so much stress that I was like, okay, you know what? Let me give this color coding thing a try. So eventually I started slowly color coding everything. And now what's so interesting is I updated my Google admin account to get more storage and it shows me all these time insights. So it shows me based on the colors of my calendar, like how much time I'm spending on what, which is so cool because it allows me to optimize and adjust and tweak whatever I need to. So I'm actually going to pull my calendar up right now so I can tell you what each thing is. Okay. Literally calendar is coming up. So blue is coaching calls or meetings with my VA. Yellow is leisure or personal. So like therapy, dinner, Pilates, lunch, anything in yellow is leisure and personal. Red is usually a do not block work block because I also realize deep focus, which we'll talk about in a second too, is so essential in my work that I do not want anyone to block me. So red is like red alert, (laughs) do not block this time. Dark green is money meetings. So I hired a a tax accountant and advisory services this year, and we meet quite a bit. So anything that's like dark green, obviously it was just easier for me to remember money. Anything light green is where I'm receiving support. So like if I have a one-on-one coach or if I have a, you know, human design reading or I'm in a membership and there's a call, that's light green. Purple is podcast recordings coral slash salmon is like collaborations or partnerships chats where, you know, we're talking about like running a workshop together or doing some type of newsletter swap or something. And then light purple, like baby purple is for my mic drop students right now. It's a different calendar we have for mic drop. And then orange is travel. So if I have to travel for fun, right? So if I'm like taking a flight, getting to the airport, ordering the Uber, I account for all that in my calendar. And so orange is travel. What's really cool is I'm looking at my calendar right now and it's telling me my time insights are like majority yellow, which is great because if you remember, yellow is personal and leisure. Leisure is like one of my top values. So this is really cool because it shows me that I'm living in alignment with my values. Now, some weeks are different than others because I actually do block off my calendar to have a no calls week when I'm on my period. Like I told you, I am a psychotic person on my period and I do not want to be in anyone's energy and especially not paying clients. So we purposely blocked off that week as a no calls week. So like obviously the the color coding there is going to look a lot different than a week later where people probably booked all their coaching calls and I'll probably have more blue on the calendar for coaching. But again, it just allows me at a high level to zoom out and look at my day and be like, Okay, you know, the mornings I see yellow, which is good. Remember, I like slow mornings. That means I'm starting with leisurely activities. I don't have anything blue on my calendar. If I see like a a blue thing before noon, that would set me into some type of panic. I'd be like, what did we book before noon? Like that's, that's not supposed to happen. And then if I look at my calendar, I usually have the blue stuff happening between like three and eight because of the time zone difference. And again, it just allows me to really optimize my time and understand how I'm spending time and what time do I have? Because you, I told you in the beginning of this episode, I have a lot of ideas. Like I am ready to pitch 20 different ideas to 20 different people. I want to write a book. I want to create a card deck. I want to travel. There are 40,000 things I want to do all the time. So if I look at my calendar and I'm seeing, you know, a bunch of blue stacked from top to bottom, it's like one, well, when are you writing a book, girl? (laughs) You can't write a book if your calendar looks like this. So color coding actually helped me a lot because now it shows me that I can add in times to do these things that I want to do. And then the deep work blocks usually are like two to three hours that I need to get in a flow state. Now, as you can tell, I used to be really averse to just like all this corporate and productivity type of advice. And I used to be like deep work. Wow. What a luxury. Like you can just take two or three hours off and not do anything. And I'm like, okay, that's actually not what deep work is, Chelsea. And now I get it. 
And you know, when you're writing a blog post or even right now recording a podcast, I need time to map out what the podcast is about. Then I need time to record it. I definitely do not nail the recording on the first try. And I usually have like a million edits. So then I need time to edit it. Like all that takes some time. So imagine in my calendar, if I don't allow that time and I'm just hoping at some point I can squeeze in a podcast recording without thinking of all the things that are outside of the recording. Well, that's how people get behind. And that's how I've gotten behind before too, because I just didn't account for it. So now with the the color coding and actually looking at my calendar and being like, okay, yeah, these are the times you can record. It just cleared up a lot. And it showed me that there's a lot more balance when I do have color coding. So if you see too many of one color and you're like, I don't like that, just fix it the next week. As you can see, I love color coding. Number five, delegating or automating. So there's just some things that you don't need to be doing. And one of those for me was sending calendar invites to people in courses, sending the calendar invites to my one-on-one clients, you know, making sure that their offboarding call was booked, sending invoices. Those are things that always used to take me a lot of time. Eventually, I realized that's not how business owners operate. A lot of them have automations. And I brought on my VA, Jofi, who I've called out on this podcast a million times, to help me with systems. So what she did was help me automate some things. An example would be Dubsado. We use Dubsado now for all client contracts. So when anyone works with me, not only do they apply through an application in Dubsado, they also get a link to a vibe check call. They get their contract. They get all their payments and invoices. They get reminders. Like everything goes through that software. I want you to imagine now if I didn't have that. Imagine you want to work with me and you have to like email me to let me know you want to work with me. And then I send you a Google form and then we go back and forth and then someone has to check in with someone. And now we're going back and forth on the scheduling. And then I'm, you know, sending you times and dates that work to book. And then we're manually sending calendar invites. Like that is such a waste of time and energy. Your brain needs to be doing things that it was gifted at doing, not sending calendar invites every single day. So you can automate so much with not only Dubsado, Dubsado is just a whole example, but Calendly is a great one, Acuity, Zapier. I call it Zapier. A lot of people call it Zapier, so maybe it's that. These are all things that will just help you automate your business. Another example I have is with my podcast, I realized right after I record, I need to write the show notes or else when I go back to revisit them, I don't remember the very specifics because we all know once you podcast about one thing, a lot of the podcasts start to sound the same or you cover the same topics. So writing, you know, bullet, like organization, bullet productivity. It's like, wait, that I know I talked about more than that. So for example, in this episode, I would write show notes that are like, here are the actual 10 tips I used. Dun, 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 dun. So we created an automation that after I have a podcast interview on my calendar, immediately 30 minutes for writing show notes will pop up right after that. So literally any guest that books with me, as soon as they book, the show notes block also comes up. So that's what I mean by automating things and creating systems is like you can start to use these softwares to help you to allow more of your creative genius to come forward. And then also delegating. I used to think delegating literally meant hiring a full-time benefit employee 401k salaried worker. (laughs) And then I realized there's contractors and freelancers, like just how, you know, when you hire someone to build your website, there are people like that, that you can just hire to help you with systems that you can just hire to help you build a notion page or a sales page or copy or anything. And so very quickly in my career, which I will say, this is one thing I'm really proud of is like, before I even think I needed one, I hired a VA because it just took off so much of the mental energy and headaches that I knew were going to come. So delegate. And if you, if you're worried about budget, there are always really affordable prices and things that you can work out with people. Sometimes you don't need to be hiring someone month to month. It could just be like, Hey, I just need this one-off project really quick. I'm trying to build, you know, a notion dashboard to organize my day. Can you just do this for me by next Friday? And people will do it. I've done that for like $50. My old VA, I mean, this is like two and a half years ago. We only worked together for five hours a month and she was $25 an hour. So that's what, $125. 
I promise you, I was spending $125 at the bar. I could find $125 to have someone help me do all these little things I don't want to do. And here's the thing. You just heard me say little. And I think we conflate like little with like, yeah, so I can just do it. I don't need to hire someone. Those little things every day that you're doing every hour, every week are what's eating at you getting to the bigger picture. Again, if you're sitting there every day sending invites, sending reminders, sending invoices, following up, that's like hours that you could be doing other things that you actually are meant to be doing. I find people through Facebook groups, posting on Instagram stories for referrals, Fiverr, Upwork, just Googling what you need help with, memberships, right? If you're in a membership, just posting like, hey, I'm looking for a copywriter. Can anyone help me out? And I find that people are always willing to work with you in some capacity, right? You can work out a custom package. You can work out a payment plan. Like there are always ways that you can bring on help. So I don't want you to think that help equals a shit ton of money drained from your bank account. If anything, help is the biggest investment you can make. Honestly, this could be like the number one bullet outside of knowing your energy is if you want to go further in your business and actually make any type of real impact, you need help. You cannot be in the weeds every day doing all these things that, again, are just draining your energy and taking away your time from things that you should be doing and are great at doing. Number six is eliminating distractions. Shout out to my boy, James Clear. He always talks about this. He talks about friction. He actually just posted about it recently on his Instagram where he's like, we really underestimate how little of just moving some friction around can drastically change the results. And his example was like, if I want to stop drinking and I put the beer in the back of the fridge, all of a sudden my drinking intake goes down. Or if I want to eat more fruit and I leave apples on the counter, all of a sudden I'm eating more fruit. I apply that same principle to digital work, like online business. So when I'm eliminating distractions, what I do is I go full screen. I think James talked about this and I heard the owner of Basecamp talk about this on a random podcast that, God, I don't even remember what it was called, years ago, where he's like, anything I'm working on is full screen mode. So what that means is you don't have Slack and your WhatsApp and your Instagram and your email and your Notion page pulled up. It's like, no, 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 minimize everything and make the other one full screen. So right now, I'm full screen with my notes that I have for this podcast. I don't have my Slack pulled up and Spotify and Instagram and like ding, 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 all these notifications because we know notifications will take us off track. I don't think I need to even really speak to this, but we even know like one quick Instagram notification. Someone asks a question, hey girl, where'd you get that top? Oh my God, hold on, let me find it for you. Now all of a sudden you're scrolling, you're on Instagram, you're connecting with this person, you're stalking someone else and you're like, wait a second, I was supposed to be writing my weekly newsletter. Like, how did this happen? So go full screen. I also found this amazing app called Opal, O-P-A-L. And this is for your phone. What it does is it blocks whatever apps you want it to block for a certain period of time. And there's two different settings. There's one where you can like take breaks periodically. So if you need to check your Instagram or something, you can. And then there's another one where you cannot bypass the timer unless you literally like delete the app. And it's really annoying to delete the app and redownload it and, you know, figure out all your settings again. I did that twice and I was like, okay, I'm over that. So I use Opal now when I'm like, Chelsea, you have a lot of shit to do today. Put Opal on, block all your social media apps for literally like 10 hours. And then you can just check it at night. And then I literally give myself permission to go crazy at night for an hour and catch up on everything. But that's really helped me. Also, just putting it in another room. I think we underestimate how simple it is to like, just go put your phone on your bookshelf or behind your pillow or like literally just somewhere random, not losing it. I know I would do that, but just out of reach that it's not something that you can just pick up and eliminate notifications. I have absolutely zero notifications on my homepage of my phone, except from Opal, the app I just talked about, open this meditation app. And then this app in in South Africa that lets you know when the electricity is going out because there's this thing called load shedding where electricity goes out every day to save power. So I obviously need to know when that's happening. But I don't have Instagram. I don't have Facebook. I don't have email, Slack. None of that is on the homepage of my phone. And I would highly encourage you to figure that out. And I know some people are like, oh my God, then how am I going to know what notifications I have? I'm like, don't you check all these apps anyway? 
Like I already know I'm going to have a, a new email or a new DM or a new notification when I go on Instagram. So naturally when I just open that app, I will see the notification. I don't need it flashing on my home screen. Even if you don't check it, it's in the back of your mind, right? This happened the other day where I quickly glanced at my email and it was something with the, my new tax account that I needed to get done. And it created a little bit of anxiety for me because I'm like, oh shit, it probably has a deadline on it. And like, I have to get that done soon. And and then it was just hard for me to focus. And I didn't even actually open the email. I didn't even know what it was about, but I was like, oh my God, this is just disturbing my peace. So yeah, I was like, no DTP. We're not disturbing the peace. Notifications are off. Also focus mate. We already talked about it, but I promise you it is so hard to get distracted when you have one other person there on the call with you. And then last I would say to that is closing out your email. This is really hard to do if you were ever in sales and people would let you know if they wanted to move forward in your email. <laughs> that was it for me. It was like the big sale always came through I'm like, Hey, we'd love to move forward. And you're like, ah. so I always, it's just instinctual, like have my email up. But again, email notifications are the same as any other notification. It's going to ping you to either pull you into a task or to respond to someone. Let's say you're trying to just work on your podcast and take it to the next level. And you're like, okay, I need to map out these episodes and do some SEO research. I'm going to pitch some guests and I'm going to change the music because I just want to change the vibe. And you're like, okay, that's going to take me like maybe half a day or maybe the whole day. But now you have your email up and every time it opens, it's like, ding, new client, ding, your website designer asking you for your feedback, ding, uh, your bank account alerting you of something. It's like, how are you going to get anything done creatively if you're always having to respond to people and help them out? Now, some things you obviously need to get done, but if you think about it, email a lot of times is something that you need to respond to, or that's a task. And that's important to note that anything that isn't in email is usually going to turn into a task. So when you start seeing, you know, 14 emails, start trying to clock it in your brain. It's like, okay, that's potentially 14 tasks that I don't want to add to my plate right now. I will block time off with a focus mate or something else at the end of the day to check all those emails and add them to my task list. Now with emails too, I found something called inbox zero, which I'm going to talk about right now. But another thing with, with emails is tagging your emails, maybe having a tag that's like one-on-one -on -one clients, maybe having another one that's travel documents, maybe having another one that's newsletters that I want to read, just something that you can start to organize it versus having just one big, long email inbox all the time. So yeah, that's number six, eliminate distractions, but it leads me to what we were just talking about inbox zero. And I know some of you are thinking, Oh my God, how cool. You just like get your inbox to zero every day. I wish. No, I learned this from an article that I will link in the show notes because I'm blinking on it right now. But basically you just quickly skim your inbox and you delete it. You move it, you read it, you respond it, or you archive it. I believe those are the five things. Okay. So if you're quickly skimming and it's like, Woo, Black Friday sale. And you're like, don't care, delete. Move is, let's say it's a travel plan coming up, but it's not coming up for like two more months. And you're like, okay, I really don't need this in my inbox. Move it to that folder that I just told you to make called travel documents or like important travel information. So now it's moving out of your inbox and into a folder. Read or respond. So maybe it is something that it's like, a client is looking for their launch plan that they asked you for. And so you're reading and you're like, Hey, I'm responding. I will get that to you by the end of the week, making sure that you then put that in your task list or archiving it. And then you're just like, I don't want to fully delete it. And I might read later, but we'll see. Now I have a caveat to these things. Google inbox, if you have that or Gmail has a feature called snooze. So there's a lot of really cool newsletters that I subscribe to that talk about like storytelling or they're just creator subsects that I am subscribed to. So obviously I want to read them, but not during the workday when I'm trying to do all these other things. So I'll hit the snooze button and you can pick a time or a day that you want to snooze it to and it will disappear from your inbox. This has like changed the game for me because when I open my inbox, that's actually the first thing I do. I'm like snooze, 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 snooze. Okay, delete that one, move that one that the snooze button is a game changer. And then the second caveat to that is if I find a newsletter that I know is going to be longer to read, I will put it in a folder called literally longer than five minutes to read. Like that's the folder so that I know 
when I go back to that folder, this is not going to be a quick five minute skim, right? This is like an in-depth article or an essay or like someone that wrote a really long blog post. This is not a skimming thing. So I'm putting it in that folder so that I can block off a focus mate or some other time to read it, but it's not just going to sit in my inbox. So I've been doing this for a few months now and I pretty much hover between like seven to 14 emails. I will say a little bit of my ADHD thing is like there's three emails in there that I have not touched in like two months because one of them is writing a testimonial and I want to write a really beautiful testimonial for this person and it's just taking me a long time. So I have not deleted that out yet. And then another one is a task that I need to do that I have not turned into my task list. So again, it just shows that emails do turn into tasks. And so we just need to figure out how to combine your emails with your task list. But Inbox Zero has really changed the productivity game for me. Speaking of other systems like that, Monday Hour One is my eighth tip. So if you're unfamiliar with Monday Hour One, I learned this from Holisticism. And it's basically the first hour on Monday, you're getting your week in order. So the way I do it, and you're going to have to figure this out because a lot of people do it different ways. And I have learned this about myself. I have to go analog first and then digital. So I immediately just brained up everything I think I have to do, including life admin, all the work, all the podcast stuff, returns, bills, whatever. I brained up everything into a notebook. Then I look at what existing meetings I already have and like what I need to do and be like, okay, so where can all these things now go? And is it realistic to really get this done all week? Probably not. So then I try to look at things that I can prioritize, which goes kind of into my next point. So I guess I could almost combine these as like creating a system of priorities. This could be my sales background, which I'm not loving, but my first instinct is to always follow the money. And what I mean by that is like, making sure my private clients are served first and mic drop students are second. And then anybody else that I'm, that is paying to work with me gets my attention immediately. Because again, we're in an an exchange where they are expecting something from me. That's kind of how my brain works is like, when I look at my list, I'm like, okay, wait, this client needed a recap. This one wanted me to send her some music. And this one wanted me to listen to her soundtrack. Okay. That is going to be my first like three So that's how I operate is like the follow the money system. Then I try to look at some things that could be done pretty quickly if I just booked like a 50 minute focus meet. I also know working backwards involves looking at the timelines of launches and things and then plugging things in by phases to get to that launch. For example, let's say I'm launching something January 1st. Well, we don't start doing all the tasks the week before. We need to get everything ready like six weeks before. I would like to get even more ahead of that, but we're living and learning here. So I'm like, okay, we need to break this down. I need the lead magnet done in like week six. We need the copy and everything done by like week five. We need to start marketing it on week four. We need to start the push week three, so on and so forth. So then you can plug that into your calendar for the week. If I'm going through a launch, that week is not going to have everything involved in the launch. It's just going to be like, just write out lead magnet or like just create the lead magnet. And that's something that I've again, had to work really hard at because if you are someone that is a little neurodivergent or has ADHD, a lot of times things don't feel important until it hits you in the face. Like literally until someone is breathing down your neck, like where the hell is this? Or the launch is tomorrow or the bill is due or else you're going to get a late payment. Like a lot of us operate like that. So I will say this is very much a work in progress and I'm still actively working on it, but I have gotten a lot better of planning ahead and not letting everything become last minute because of this system of Monday hour one and like brain dumping. When I do the brain dump too, remember how I told you, look at your calendar and your energy and everything too. I plug things in according to that. So if I see, you know, calling Verizon is on the list, I'm not going to do that at 8am in the morning because we know I don't like waking up and doing anything at 8am in the morning. So that Verizon call needs to go later in my day. Also, a tip here is try and block off your time for your lunches and dinners so that you don't book yourself through them. I have made this mistake actually in the last three weeks where I'm like, why am I eating one day at like 5 p.m. and then 10 p.m. and then some days it feels like I'm not even eating dinner. That's not how I want to live. I don't want to be one of these people that's like, oh my God, I'm so busy. I forgot to eat. I'm like, that's not a flex. That means you're not paying attention to your body. That's not vital. And I'm calling 
my whole era right now, like vital girl era, because I'm like, I want to be in my highest vitality and eating dinner at all different times of the day is not working for me. So block off literally dinner and lunch and breakfast blocks too. journal blocks, meditation blocks, walking in the sunshine blocks, like plug a lot in there so that when you do Monday hour one and you start doing your meetings, you've already accounted for yourself first. What you don't want to do is plug in all your client meetings and work stuff and then be like, oh, hopefully I can squeeze in a sunshine walk this week or like a Pilates class. Do it the other way around if you can, because if you can, then you are living in alignment with your values. You're prioritizing yourself. And we all know when you prioritize your self-care first, you will show up better for your clients and your team. So that's a hot tip with Monday hour one. Basically, Monday hour one is just a short way of like getting your shit together brain dumping, moving the tasks, figuring out your meetings. And also sometimes I look at my calendar too. And I'm like, is this a necessary meeting? Like there was a girl I was supposed to meet with where we were talking about ways we could collaborate in 2023, but I had a really urgent thing to do that Friday. And I still wanted to do the meeting, but I'm like, that's an hour meeting that like is not urgent, right? This other thing is more important. So I asked her if we could move it. And the reason I was able to even have that foresight was because I did Monday hour one and I could glance at my calendar. So if you're going every week into your, your work weeks and you're like, I don't know what's going on. I'm not prepared. Hopefully, you know, this meeting isn't that hard and this and that you should probably implement Monday hour one. And if you feel chaotic and organized and you're like, I just don't even know what to focus on. I think Monday hour one will help you because it will show you, okay, look, here are the things you need to get done. If they can't get done this week, move it to next week, schedule it in. But the important thing is that you're getting it on the calendar and you're starting to work with your time and optimize it. Now, nine, I don't even really want to go over because we kind of just talked about this, but creating a system of priorities and working backwards. I told you what my system is, is like my highest paying clients first, all the way down to the lowest paying ones. And then after that, it's like everything else. Now I can do other things. I don't think that's the best system all the time. This is an example of a system that I want to tweak. I would love to get to a place where Monday is like podcast day, where I'm pitching people, podcast swaps, I'm recording, I'm editing, I'm doing all this stuff on Mondays. Tuesdays and Wednesdays are private coaching calls. Thursdays are group coaching calls. And then Fridays are off. And that's a half day with admin. And then I go enjoy the weekend. I would like to get to that place. But the system I have right now doesn't allow me to do that. So again, it's something I'm slowly tweaking and I'm trying to work backwards. So if I need this, you know, website done by this time and the editor needs the copy done by this time, well, that means I need to prioritize copy first, maybe not the photo shoot. So this is something that, again, has helped me because of creating systems and tweaking them. And then last but certainly not least is mapping out your dream day and week and months before you really take on clients or figure anything out. Now, let's say you're like, Chelsea, I have a client roster. I can't just like stop taking on clients to figure out my dream life. You can always optimize things. You are the owner of your business and you're allowed to move things around. So I just recently did this where because I've moved around so much, the time zones have just been chaotic and I'm like, okay, I want to work these hours. I want to make sure I have a full hour for lunch, a full hour for dinner, I'm 100% plugging in Pilates and personal training into the calendar. And then I also want to make sure that Fridays I'm not doing any types of coaching calls. So once we mapped that out, we literally went into Calendly and made my availability reflect that. That's why sometimes if you've ever gone to book with me, you're like, oh my God, wait, you're not available until like next month. Or there's this one weird time. It's usually because of how we've set that up. Like that's not an accident. Now, sometimes it is, right? Sometimes the time zone difference is so big and it's like, yes, I can be flexible and open things up. But if you've ever looked at my calendar, I don't do calls on Fridays. And that was very intentional because, again, of how I want to live my life. So if you can map that out first and then adjust your calendar, it will feel so much better because then you're, again, living the life of your actual dreams. So let's go back to the example of you already have clients. You are allowed to say, hey, things have changed the way I work is changing up a little bit. I'm actually going to do all my client calls on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And I noticed the ones we have are all on Mondays. Could you use this link to reschedule? Not a big deal, right? No one is going to like fire you or ask for a refund or call you a shitty person because you simply ask them to move a call. I used to be so terrified about this where I was like, oh my God, but like their calls are already booked. I'm like, 
by the way, their calls are booked six months in advance. Like it's okay right now if I want to be like, hey, you know what? Actually, things have changed. We're going to do it on Tuesdays and not Fridays. Totally okay. Same thing with podcast interviews. Like I'm realizing now me interviewing other people, doing that with the work week while I'm coaching, it doesn't work. Again, it's two different parts of my brain. So I'm starting to make Mondays podcast days. Now that is obviously going to limit my availability to talk to people because not everyone is going to be available on Mondays, but that's when I would just encourage them to book a Monday that works and we'll figure it out. If I have flexibility and I want to open up another day, I will. But this is a part of also learning to be a leader and creating boundaries and systems in a business that works for you is making these types of decisions. When you're available all hours of the day, 24 seven, every day is different. You're just doing 20,000 things a day. I don't know how that's sustainable. I think a lot of us have tried that and we know it's not sustainable. So this is why I would suggest for you to do this exercise. What I did is I literally pulled up my Google calendar and then I just started drafting like what I would want an ideal week to look like. So if I had my calendar up right now, it's pretty much reflecting the life I want. It's like the morning there are zero calls until 2 p.m. In the morning, I have Pilates, walking, meeting with friends. The afternoon is more of my coaching calls. Fridays, I don't have any coaching calls. The weekends are orange with travel and fun plans. And that is because I've done this exercise. So highly recommend you do it and you'll see how much more productive you are too because you know that you're scheduling things within your energy and when you want to be doing them. Okay, so those are my tips. I'm shocked I even did an episode like this because I can tell you two years ago, I would have been like, I am the least qualified person on planet Earth to be leading this type of conversation. I write everything in notebooks. I would just like work on six different platforms. My VA, again, shout out Jophie. She has been so instrumental in helping me get organized. And also holisticism has been super helpful with understanding systems and structures. And then some of my own mentors, including Lexi at Pretty Decent, they've all helped me understand, you know, it's okay to move things around. It's okay to schedule yourself at times that you want to be scheduled and not when you don't want to be doing things. It's okay to take on a limited number of clients so that you're not working five days a week. So this is all trial and error. I sometimes used to listen to these episodes and beat myself up being like, how do I not have all this figured out? I just told you guys, there's like three of these things that I am actively working on and have not figured out, but I'm sharing them as I'm going. So don't beat yourself up. Pick one of these. If I were to pick one of these and I was just starting out, it would probably be the energy one. And then the scheduling thing that would be like my top two, because I think we burn out because we overschedule ourselves and we're not working with our energy. So that's where I would start. Let me know if you like this and if it was helpful. If you're like, wow, this actually was helpful. Chelsea, the crazy ass Aquarius girl who seemed to not be organized, actually did an episode on productivity and organization. My heart would be so happy to hear any type of words of affirmation around this. So slide in my DMs at Chelsea Rife. You can always leave a review on Apple Podcasts. And by the way, this is the type of stuff I work on with private clients. So if you have a podcast and you're like, it feels like a chore, I feel burnt the fuck out. I used to like doing it and now I hate it. I don't even know how to schedule things out in a way that works for me. Let's chat. This is exactly what I help people with. I have a mastermind coming out called Amplify. It's starting in mid-January and I will drop the link in the show notes. I'm doing something really interesting in December where I'm just experimenting with doing things the way I want to do them. Wow. What a concept, huh? (laughs) But I did not make a public sales page for this. I made a notion page. So I will drop that in the show notes. If you're interested, month one is all about systems and structures and working with lunar cycles or our own cycles to figure out how to make our podcast work for us and understanding batching and scheduling and all the fun stuff that goes into the back end of podcasting. So check out the Notion page. You can see what each month is about, but systems and structure is something that I really love to help people with up front. It's also what I help my private clients do. And if you're interested, I have three spots to start in January, which is so exciting. I will link the application for that in the show notes as well. But let me know if you have questions. If you have questions about this episode, questions about Amplify the Mastermind or my one-on-one, reach out. I am here to help. I'm so excited about it because I truly feel like So many of us love podcasting and truly want to make it our main thing, but we just get burnt out. And I've just studied that it really is a lack of systems and structure and planning, which is why my private coaching and mastermind exists. So head on over to that again, slide on my DMs at Chelsea Rife. 
throw me five stars on Spotify. They do not have written reviews yet. No idea why. And then if you leave a written review on Apple podcasts, you'll be entered into a giveaway to win a 20 minute coaching session with me. So all you have to do is take a screenshot of your review, send it in before you actually hit submit because Apple's just weird. And then send it to info at chelsearife.com or at chelsearife. And then at the end of the month, I'll pull a winner to win a 20 minute laser coaching session. So we will get right into a topic of your choice about podcasting. And I am a no fluff person. I'm a Virgo moon rising. I have a Capricorn North node. I have a Capricorn stellium. Like I do not do fluff. So these laser coaching sessions, you will leave with a very concrete action plan. Again, all you have to do is leave a review on Apple podcasts and send it to me to be entered into that giveaway. All right. Well, that was my first solo back in six months. Hope you guys liked it. Thank you so much for listening and get ready for a few more for the rest of December. See you next week.